0: Good morning, my neighbors. This is Tales of Recovery, and welcome back to more conversations on trauma, grief, and the evolution of healing. <laughs> I have been, in the past six months, training with Gabor Mate and Sataram in a training for called Compassionate Inquiry. Where is a somatic base? Somatic meaning inside of the body, not just cognitively making sense of what's going on in uh, in your thoughts, but really getting into the body to feel a lot of emotions that uh, you know to really connect with your emotions. Because, of course, as society and we have been really disconnected, taught to be, to disconnect from from emotions. Number one, number two, actually that might be number two. The number one one is as little children, we had to disconnect from our emotions in order to be safe. In an ideal culture and an ideal intelligence of emotions, um, upbringing, our, our caregivers would have been okay with feeling their own emotions and allowing for us to be, you know, as little babies held, and listened to when we were crying or upset or, or needed something. And as we continued to grow up, there was a lot of situations where you might have felt scared or awkward or super sad, but you didn't have the capacity to tell anyone. One, because you were, you know, who the hell is going to know at five years old that I need to express unless it's being modeled by an adult. I need to express that I feel really scared or awkward or that I don't like this. I don't like when you touch my hair. I don't like when you're like making me go kiss all of these old ladies to say, hello, how do you do? Like most of us Mexicans grew up. And so there's all of these messages that come into the body that say, freeze, don't feel this, suppress it. Do something else instead. And one of the things that compassionate inquiry does or somatic experience practices do is they allow you to really, really slow down, which is hard to do in the way we live, but it's doable and it's the way to heal. is to slow down. There is no instant fix. I know we all want to pop a pill and get it over with, but we really need to slow down, breathe through create enough space and safety for these emotions to come up. And that's very difficult. Most of the time what we're doing is not wanting to feel it, not completely aware that they're even there to feel, which is the bigger problem. Because what we end up doing is we minimize and we dampen. So minimization and dampening of these things might sound like this. Oh you're exaggerating oh just let it go what do you mean everything's great we have so much I'm so grateful I'm so grateful it's not me and it's them over there and then dampening might also sound like um, that was so long ago or like I don't feel any of that I don't know what you're talking about I don't feel any sorrow or anger or or you know I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine So the thing that I ask myself, my clients, you know, and my friends, when we talk about these certain things is, how is that working out for you? Because when we don't go in and feel these things, there are some very neurotic and crazy actions that we do. Like, you know, I, like you can, I was, I made a reel the other day talking about how sometimes we We don't feel these emotions and they're in like this express cooking pot. And all of a sudden, it just explodes because you open it before you were supposed to let the steam out. And of course, you burn yourself, the kids, everybody, the dog, anybody around you, because you just lose your shit. Losing your shit is an intelligent response because the body is saying no more of this dampening, no more of this minimization. Because the body wants to heal itself. See, once we begin to realize how much healing we can do on our own, in our own tissues, because the issues are in the tissues, in our own bodies, in our own um, sovereignty, I think that's the way you say it. Um, We take some of this power back that has been taken from us because of all these beginning things of, you know, repressing emotions and repressing needs and desires um, that is nobody's fault. Like we're not blaming mom, grandma, great-grandmama. We're actually helping ourselves to recover this deep love and connection to mom, grandma, great-grandmama, or dad, uncle, great grand whatever, because of when we heal and when we allow these things to come through and and all trauma work is grief work, by the way. All trauma work is grief work. Most therapy is grief work because you realize some ideas that you had about life that aren't really true. And when you slow down to feel it, there's going to be some grief. Grief is part of something that's wired in our brain. We need grief. It's one of the things that we have um, in our system, you know, just like joy grief, you know, um, hunger, lust, so that you can, you know, co-create the one of the things and we have in our bodies that need to enter the system in order for us to move forward and evolve and be well is grief. And many people think, well, I don't need to grieve because nobody close to me has died. And that's some intense grieving when somebody dies, but there's grief about many, many small little things. You can be, consider grief as something that you lose. It's a loss. So, you know, even when you, your kids grow up, it's a little bit of a grief because holy shit, now they don't need me driving them around anymore. now they don't know, now they're on their own. Now they actually don't wanna hang out. And it's like this, and it's a loss and it's a valid form of grief certain dreams certain ideas that didn't come through that's a loss you can grieve certain situations that you thought were normal like getting spanked when you were little or having your parents tell you that you can't do this or or that you were certain needs weren't met emotionally and you had to power through and you you know you're resilient and you know you can do this but there's sadness stuck in the body that is grief and then when we are for ourselves the gift of allowing this grief to come up and come through our bodies get a sense of relief because that's how they're wired they want this relief we are called to practice grief and to relieve you know your ancestors were drumming around the fire doing warrior cries, beating their feet on the ground, really connected to the earth, and weeping in the the damaskal, in the sweat lodge, sweating it out, screaming it out, because these are practices that are mechanically embodied, put into this computer system of of your body. And as you cry and weep and grieve, what happens afterwards? I'll tell you what happens afterwards. You have a really good night's sleep you're grateful to be alive. The joy that counterbalances this grief feeling, this grief processing comes through and all of a sudden oh, your eyes are a little more open to the brightness of the sky and of the flowers and to the connection that you have with a particular friend or to yourself. And so this past month was very intense for a lot of us in these past 45 days and all of a sudden oh happy new year Gregorian year everything is back to normal everybody get your shit together and you know drink your green juice and go to the gym I for one I'm still in winter mode I don't know about this Gregorian happy new year shit it's still dark in my life and I'm still in winter mode come spring we'll see about the daily green juices again and it's too cold really for green juices right now. It's more tea time for me in this body in the winter that I'm still in and not in the Gregorian Happy New Year bullshit. And this past forty-five days, whatever day, sixty days, that we get so pressured into going, going, celebrating, pretending everything's great, happy this, happy that. Buy everybody gives and gather and there's some beautiful things about gathering with your loved ones, of course, because this well, because you love you know because of the heart expansion and connection and laughter, and that's what we like to do inter- exchange um, presence you know of of other people in our lives that are that are your family or your loved ones or your friends, whatever. But also there's also this chip in the memory of this computer that you have, that this is the time where you're supposed to be happy to each other and be memorable. And, and, and so you behave in a certain way, right? You act polite, you, you bring a gift, you cook something and show up and Hey, how's everything? And so there's this, there's this performance, right? There's this acting, For so many years, even though sometimes you didn't even want to go, you didn't even think about it. You just went to the family, to the in-laws, to whatever, or you were taken as a child. And these, 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 these meals happen and people sang songs or people got drunk and people got, whatever the hell happened, it was something that you did no matter what, because it's the season. And so this is now ingrained in your brain that this is the season where you get together and you have to be happy and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of us and a lot of people um continue to do this without really digging deep and noticing maybe i don't really like this um and i feel really tired you know how many people i've spoken to that are just exhausted and so glad that it's over El marathon de guadalupe and there were some beautiful moments there are some beautiful moments there's always just like grief and joy there's always like beautiful and oh so ugly that's just how life is finding the equanimity and the balance in between those and be able to and being able to just kind of be slow and breathing through it is i think one of the beautiful skills to have as a human but also to acknowledge that there was grief and there was loss because maybe it's not like you thought it like you were programmed that it was supposed to be, or maybe there's some people that aren't there anymore that you really miss. And also maybe there's things that you realized as you grow and expand. And, as you, and especially if you're doing some type of conscious healing work, you realize that there's a lot more bullshit than you thought it was because you're no longer minimizing or dampening. And that's hard to do. That's why one of, the, one of the messages here on this podcast of recovering is getting your life back, recovering your soul back, recovering what is working for you, what is good for you and not just for everybody else. Because that's part of the training, right? Help everybody else and leave yourself behind. That's how you survive childhood, by the way. Most of us did. Yeah. You you can now step into a knowing that you don't want to dampen or minimize this this grief anymore. And so going countercultural, countercultural is, you know, congratulations if you're doing countercultural. Congratulations to a lot of us. And also, man, it's hard. But we can do hard things. And the main message here about grief and trauma and somatics is that you're not alone. Number one, you're not alone. Number two, I think, I believe really in my heart that this is the way we're going to change the world. Is pressing on to leaving, minimizing, and dampening, and getting really raw and real about what's important and what's real and how we can connect to this computer that wants to grieve and wants to feel joy and wants to stop fucking pretending already. The pretending is exhausting, and I think a lot of us grieve that we just have been pretending for so long. And now that things are getting real, the realization that this pretending was is exhausting and it doesn't really get you the love you want anyways, because only you can give yourself that. And as you give yourself that love and acceptance, then your, your heart cracks open to receive real love and acceptance. Otherwise, you're just in this protection mode. Or this like puppy, will you please feed me? Will you please love me? And then I'll have value mode, which is another, you know, trauma response. And I'll say it again, people think trauma is just a horrible big T trauma, like a veteran that went just to the war, just went to the war and had to experience all of that horror or, you know, like a big accident or a deep sexual abuse when you're a child, which is horrible. All of those are big T traumas. And even those can be really healed. But the little trauma, which is really not something that happened to you, but how your body responded inside of you to you being neglected or to you being bullied or to your parents drinking all the time or to your grandparents being kind of horrible, or is a teacher in school minimizing you, or making fun of you, you know, or being, you know, made fun of because of your race or because of your gender. Uh, somebody was asking me the other day at this workshop that I went to, "How was it like to be a woman in the twenty first century? What are the good things and the bad things?" And I thought, you know, I'm fifty, growing up in Mexico. Was really hard. For example, I remember you could not walk down the street without some motherfucker telling you, hey, you know, screaming at you, and it was like, what "The fuck is wrong with you? I'm not just over here screaming at you, telling you, hey, you know, whatever, hey, you hot body or fat fuck, you know." It was just you just. I remember getting so angry one time like really literally picking up a rock and throw it to this dude because he was saying something about mamacita or this or that so there was a lot of if you were you know these little skimpy suits well you were quote unquote asking for it so and i honestly i never really liked wearing skimpy shit i was just i felt more comfortable wearing you know baggy pants and um definitely not ever heels i had cowboy boots But see, some of these things I started to think about in this workshop about what was it like growing up as a woman in this 21st century. And I live in San Diego, California, Southern California, and I cross the border every day, Tijuana, San Diego, Tijuana, San Diego, so I had the best of both worlds, freedom and little bikinis, no one gives a shit, but then you go to TJ and you have to cover up or else you're a hooker. Or if you're walking down the street like that, you're gonna get cat calls, and you're gonna have to maybe... You know, tell these guys to fuck off and then what that exposes you to. And So maybe I didn't get raped, but there's certain things that happened in my body since I was little. These messages of um, you better not enjoy your body or show it to anybody or be careful because you're going to get in trouble. And that's what I mean by some of these subtler traumas that we minimize or dampen. Oh, whatever. That's just how it was. Mm, Yes. Was it really? Because now you find yourself body shaming yourself, body shaming your daughter's body, body shaming other people's body. Even if you don't say it out loud, but you're definitely thinking it. You don't want to be too fat. You don't want to be too wobbly. You don't want to be that. Instead of really honoring your body as a temple and wanting it to be healthy and strong so that you can move and work and you know, tend to the land and to feel all of these emotions little by little in the sweat lodge, in therapy, and just standing, watching a movie, you know, and actually here's another, here's a good point about if you're not really doing somatic experience work, when you watch a sad movie and you're crying, you cry crying, you cry, you're actually doing some grief work. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to allow your, your tears to come through. Um, and we feel good after it and you disassociate it from the grief that you might actually have to work on but at least your body is processing these emotions these sadness it doesn't always have to make sense why you're crying what does have to make sense is that you honor your body while you're crying and that you allow and give yourself this birthright we're recovering our birthright oh, I can feel this, and I'm not some crazy, crybaby, annoying little bitch, which is what the programming might be. No, you're a sentient being, sovereign in your body, allowing for these emotions to be felt, to have space, and to be processed and alchemized so that you can then open your heart for even more joy. And little by little, your capacity expands. It's not going to start right away being this huge, you know. I mean, even as you work on this for many, many years, I still find myself surprised at some of the things that I noticed that I, you know, when I was little, I went through, I held through emotionally, not really realizing how hard it was, you know, to to feel when you're, a little girl to feel that, you know, you're alone or that you're not meeting somebody's mark or that you're anxious about this in school and you just have to do it anyway. I mean, there's so many little things that we can go back and tend to that then allow our body to be more at ease in our 50s, 40s, 30s, 60s, 70s, whatever. The work never ends, but it's good to work because, I mean, one of my motivations is really health and wellness and Liberation, and that's the main point of therapy, right? Of somatic practice, of of getting it. Even I think of life as liberation. We want to live freely, honoring ourselves and the planet and those around us. And I encourage a hundred percent responsibility. The blame game doesn't really work because it gets you outside of yourself, and it's part of this minimization and dampening. So coming in and uh owning our grief, owning our responsibility that nobody else is going to like we don't have to wait for anybody else to behave in order for us to feel worthy or 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 beautiful or or good. No, man. That's not going to happen. 100% responsible and sovereign is for us to do. And then we work it out with others and then we can have difficult conversations or, uh, or go your own separate ways or, or show up in a different, with a different perspective to these gatherings next year. Maybe we can slow it down next year or not jump into it and really tend. They're very tender moments and I, we're still in it, right? It's still pretty tender. I don't know if we come out of this shit until spring. Their seasons are here for us to follow and learn from. The Gregorian calendar shit just keeps us in this wheel of hustle and bustle. And so to make a note of that is a liberation in itself. So we're not gonna force anyone's agenda on our bodies anymore. At least I'm not. I'm still in winter mode here. And come February, when things might change, uh, things will change. Things are always changing. That's the one thing we can be for sure about is change. I do want to offer an invitation for a retreat, uh, an experience, a weekend of doing all of this work that I'm kind of just talking about, somatic and feeling and allowing our bodies to really remember what they're capable of, to stop holding them back to stop repressing them at Alatir de mi to the beat of my drum retreat in Valle de Guadalupe, where we'll be guiding, we'll be I'll be guiding us in a lot of these mindfulness practices and somatic practices and compassionate inquiry to really get curious about what have we been doing to our bodies and what do we want to be in our bodies. We will have, of course, a sacred medicine ceremony with, psilocybin um, which is psychotherapy on steroids what happens in these ancestral medicine journeys is that a lot of these um, emotions that we haven't allowed ourselves to feel come through and you really get to feel and see what you haven't been wanting to feel and see but also what you haven't been allowed to or even known that you had permission to feel and see it's such a powerful experience in a container of safety and groundedness and of knowing how to ground, how to stay in your body and and feel really safe so safety is the main thing and then we'll go into the sweat lodge which is another phenomenal infrared volcanic rock heat that is like you're going into the womb of the mother so it's a it's a time of rebirthing they're really good um, really powerful, actually, practices for healing. Uh, for allowing grief. Of course, most of us cry in the sweat lodge. That's okay. Or you scream. Or you sing really loud. And you're letting these emotions come through. And when you come out, ah, resting. Ah, joy. You know, relief. So, if you're looking for some relief, you know, we still have two spots available for this retreat, um, actually three. And you can look at my website to get more information or send me a message. This is a women's only event. The men and women and everybody else in between event is in May, and that's gonna be in Punta Monterrey, which is a beautiful beach down by Puerto Vallarta. That is a longer retreat, that's a five-day super powerful experience that more information on that is coming through. But for now, we have February. And for now, we also have um, grief and praise circles here coming up. So if you want to come and practice some of this grief and see what I'm talking about, you can join me and Sarah Knapp on January twenty-eighth. I think at reunify yoga. It's the last Saturday in January at reunify yoga in Ocean Beach. California. Thank you everyone for listening. The tales of recovery. Please share, subscribe, send your messages, and we'll see you next time.